G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcast. Come and listen. What is this Day of Atonement all about? Leviticus chapter 16 verses 1 to 10 gives us a summary and you can read the details in the rest of the chapter. To atone means to clean, make amends and to substitute. Leviticus chapter 16 starts by referring back to the incident we looked at recently with Abihu and Nadab. Through their death, the Lord God states the fundamental principles for priests. Only they could mediate for the nation before him, and they had to be spiritually and ceremonially clean. Then there were the five offerings performed on the Day of Atonement in order to cleanse and reconsecrate the tabernacle. All included the death of an animal, and therefore involved blood. There were two blood atonements in offerings for priests and the people, one scapegoat sin offering for everybody, and two burnt offerings for priests and the people. And then there was blood. Why blood? Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 tells us, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. How is the life in the blood, you may ask? Today, most of us are probably a bit squeamish when it comes to blood. But here is what blood consists of and the job that it does. The liquid part is called plasma, which consists of water, salts and protein. Over half of blood is plasma. The solid part of blood contains red blood cells, white blood cells and platelets. Red blood cells deliver oxygen to organs, cells and tissues. They also provide essential nutrients such as amino acids, fatty acids and glucose, all the while removing waste products such as carbon dioxide, urea and lactic acid. The white blood cells, meanwhile, protect the body from infection and foreign bodies. As for the platelets, they are there to plug a wound while the clotting cascade gets to work to form a more permanent clot. Any platelet missing and the clotting fails. And do you know why blood is red? Because of the iron. That is why there is life in the blood. But why was blood used to cleanse or atone? Why not water? Did God need blood as some form of bloodlust or to quench his thirst for blood? No, not at all. God didn't need blood, but blood was used to show that sin had a cost. The cost was blood because life is in the blood, as we see in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. The substitution of a dead animal reflected a temporary covering or veneer, which is why it needed to be done over and over again. All these sacrifices, cleansings and ceremonies were to be done not for the sake of God, but as pictures for his people to make them understand 
how serious sin was and how difficult it was to provide a remedy for it. Remember, the nation of Israel was to be a shining light for God to all the other nations. More about that and how they were to do that in coming podcasts. So that's blood. What about Aaron and the high priest? During his normal daily duties, he represented God before the people and was dressed as a king. To signal that, he would wear grand clothes which signify the high honour in which he was held. Therefore, Aaron was ordinarily dressed in very special clothes to signify that high honour and duty as God's representative to the people of Israel. However, on this one day of the year, the Day of Atonement, Aaron represented the people before God. Before the Lord Almighty, Aaron is stripped of honour and dressed as a servant. Leviticus chapter 16 verse 4 shows us he is to be wearing a simple linen tunic covering simple linen undergarments with a linen sash around him and a linen turban on his head. Why? In order to approach God as a servant. So to a certain extent, Aaron was a servant king. Look at Leviticus chapter 16 verse 3. There's a direct command. This is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. You can be sure that Aaron would enter carefully, respectfully, and reverently. Before he could go into that most holy place, he had to create an obscuring cloud of incense in the Holy of Holies to veil the glory of God so he could enter and live. No doubt the memory of his sons Abihu and Nadab provided an extra incentive to follow God's rules meticulously. And you can be sure that all the high priests after that did similarly. So that's Aaron. Now there is the remarkable story of the scapegoat. There were two goats to be offered. One goat was sacrificed as a substitutionary sin offering for the people and its blood taken into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled on the mercy seat. Aaron laid his hands on the second goat's head, the one kept alive, and symbolically cast the burden of sins of the nation onto the goat. The goat was then driven out into the wilderness, far away from the camp, and was never to return. In this remarkable dual picture, the people were shown that their sins were atoned for and also removed far out of sight into the wilderness. Lastly, what about the other people? What were they to do? Just sit there and be bored while all this took place? No, by no means no. They were not to be passive, but rather to actively observe a special and very complete Sabbath rest. They were to remember that this day was a permanent addition to their annual calendar by denying themselves for the day or humbling their souls. You can read about that 
in verse 31. This involved not doing routine things such as working and feasting. They were also to trust that Aaron was being fully obedient to the regulations as given by God. They were to ponder upon the awesomeness of their God, his majesty, his wonder, that this God lived amongst them, was alive, and they were to reflect upon the cost of their sin and disobedience. On this day of atonement, the one day of the year, atonement took place between God and his people. No wonder there were great scenes of celebration afterwards. God would continue to live with his people, a cause for celebration. Wow! Atonement means both a sacrifice and a cleansing. God's holy dwelling place and all things associated with it were cleansed. The sins and disobedience of the nation of Israel over the previous year had left impurities as stipulated in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 16. The cleansing blood was to symbolize the great cost of sin. But now, on this one day, this special day of the year, all has been cleansed, forgiven and forgotten. All sins, both as for the nation of Israel as a whole and for all individuals within that nation, were wiped clean and forgiven. Hallelujah! What does all that mean for us today, some three and a half thousand years later? We'll have to come back tomorrow for the next podcast. That's it for today. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is something uploaded to help you as a Christian disciple, wherever you are in this world, to live for Jesus Christ. Our books are also available on our Amazon site at www.pulptheology.com. See you later.